0: Book Four, Chapter Two, Part Two, of *Precious Bane* by Mary Webb. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Padrian. Beguiledy seeks a seventh child, Part Two. The fire was in the two biggest stacks of wheat now; it had gone upon them, and they were not. Soon they would be as the barley was they were good stacks those of a solid squarish oblong and as high as might be with safety for we had such a harvest that we could only make room by having the stacks high it was good wheat too long in the straw and no touch of mildew it had taken the most time of all both to sow and to reap and in the lugging it had the biggest wagons all day and now it was gone. It was a great mound of fire, with the black shapes of two stacks in it, and soon the fire would be passed on, and there would be no more sound, but just two grey-white housen for demons, with baleful red gleams in the crumbling passages within. There were more stacks of wheat by the hedge, but next to the blazing stacks was the oats the lovely oats so pale and fine like ferns for a lady's table they were so sweet the oats so very fine and fair like midsummer grasses come golden i did ever love the oats best of all and suddenly i was all mother to the oats the fire met half the wheat and the barley but it should not take my oats i clumb over the gate and ran where the little figures moved i caught gideon by the sleeve you must save the oats i screamed oh save the oats as it is so fair and fine but he said naught. he was working like a madman and i saw that it was the oats he was trying to save the oats and the stacks by the hedge He and Sammy were digging trenches between the blazing stacks, and these to fill with water. Where's Tivy? I said, for now I was come to myself, I wanted all the help there was. Gone for feyther, said Sammy, sweating and groaning over his spade, for the fire was gaining on them. Shall I take Bendigo and go for help? I said, or shall I get the buckets and begin fetching water? ah that says sammy do that for help had be too late a power not a word did gideon say he was stricken with a dumb madness but he worked like ten men what with the horror of mind and the stress of labour and the great heat of the fire the sweat ran down his face in a river and his clothes were as if he had been in the water and being so wet and so near the fire he went in a cloud of steam which had a very strange look as if he had been put under some curse or was already in hell i loosed bendigo and the oxen and cows such as were lying in and they went pounding away into the woods half crazy with fear I woke mother and told her she must dress and come to the mere and dip, while we made a chain for the buckets to send them from hand to hand. I got together all the pails and buckets, and though it seemed a pitiful thing that with all that great mere full of water we could only slake our fire with as much as we could get into our little buckets. And I've thought since that when folk grumble about this and that, and be not happy, it is not the fault of creation that is like a vast mere full of good but it is the fault of their bucket's smallness mother came with me like a child very mazed and quiet must i dip now prue she said you can begin now and have all the buckets ready i answered but the time when you must up your best will be in a two three minutes when we come now San, says sammy you mun leave dinging and come for water for though it may seem a thing not to be believed all that awful night though it was gideon that did most of the work it was sammy or me that gave the orders gideon would go at what he was set at in a frenzy and go on after it stopped being any use working like an ox at the threshing floor he threw down the spade when sammy spoke and came with us to the mere mother was toiling over the dipping she looked smaller and smaller as the trouble thickened about her like a person that had eaten some fairy stuff to make her not able to be seen she seemed no more than one of those little brown birds that will light down by the water for a while in their journeying and then be gone nobody knows where now here comes feather thanks be to the lord said sammy he was a good lad that night was sammy and while the fire lasted he never said but one text and that a very tempestuous one burning and fuel of fire though he must have thought of no end of them sure enough there was sexton bursting through the wood and tivy not far behind and an angry voice crying on the wind a long way back that was mrs sexton who misliked being by her lonesome now says sammy fayther can go in the rickyard and chuck on the water to doubt the fire tivy can gather the empty buckets as fast as he throws them down and run back to mrs saan with them and you and me and prue will run with full ones I did think we might make a chain and pass them from hand to hand, But we be too few, San. Gideon spoke for the first time. I never, he said with a wild, pale face, Never had much strength about me, only me and these two. And with that he put his arm across his face, As he was used to do when he was a lad, And things went badly wrong, and cried. Ah, I tell you, it was a thing few would have cared to see, a great, strong, masterful man like that, crying like a little lad. Now, now, San says Sexton, shocked as we all were, now your manna take on, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. At that Gideon came to himself. The Lord, he says, no, it won of the Lord, it was beguiled WHEN WE'VE DOUBTED THE STACKS, I SHALL FETCH UN AND ROAST UN. NO WORDS OF MINE CAN TELL YOU THE AWFUL WAY, GIDEON SAID THAT. I WANTED TO ASK HOW HE KNEW, IF HE DID KNOW. BUT THERE WAS NO TIME FOR WORDS. WE WERE RUNNING TO AND AGAIN WITH TWO FULL BUCKETS EACH, WHICH, AFTER AN HOUR OR SO, IS ENOUGH TO TRY A STRONG MAN, LEAVE ALONE A WOMAN water carrying is an easy job if there's no hurry and you can use a yoke but to run stumbling through a roasting heat which we did for most of the journey and to know that if you tarried the oats would go and maybe if you didna tarry was enough to take the spirit out of anybody the oats did go the fire leapt the ditch and all and there was a new tremendous blaze i lost heart after that and though I ran, it was with no hope. Oh, i be so tired, said poor mother, But I couldn't a let her rest. If we canna save it, I said, You'll never get free of tending swine, mother. So she bent her poor old back again, Standing half in the water, In spite of the rheumatics. The cry went up to save the barn, For if the barn was lost, the house was lost at that mother left dipping for water so i was forced to get Tivy to do it and we had to bring back our own empty pails i looked up once and there was mother fetching things out of the house i looked at them after and there was her sewing and the copper fruit pan and the sampler she did when she was little and father's picture cut out in black paper done by parson's brother-in-law who was part foreign People thought he must be simple to play with scissors and paper like a child though they owned that he did it very well and said that being part foreign he knew no better though mother had been so mortal feared of father in life she treasured this picture in the queerest way so there it was with the other things and six pots of damson cheese and pussy in a basket it was only at dawn when the wind dropped and a fine quiet rain began to fall that we got the fire under at least it had burnt itself out and we managed to save barn and house the red light was gone from the sky and the burning from the mere for all night it had seemed that the water in the mere was turned to fiery spirit and was burning too everything was there confused and topsy-turvy and red and yellow flames the smoke bellying in the wind the white-hot stacks hollow and canting the farm and the barn are now little black figures like mommets in the tumult not long after it was over came mrs sexton who had suffered frittenings of bendigo that came snorting and trampling through the woods so that she thought it had been the black huntsman there were many hollow trees about the sarn woods they being old forest land so she crept into one and stayed till the light began to come and then once in she could not get out for she was more than ordinary stout and also had so many clothes and though in the stress of fear she squoze herself in it was not easy to get out again in cold blood but when she did come she soon got us all some breakfast, and indeed we were in need of it, not only for what was past, but to face the day. Why, looks, tivy, and prue, white as ghosts, she said. And you, Mrs. San, should be abed, and to bed you shall go when you've had a bite and sup. And as for you, San, why, man, man, you've fritten me worse than Bendigo, indeed to goodness now then where's ours draw up now draw up take bite and sup people she said it just as she said take your places for the game of costly colours but what i'd leave to know says mother is how sexton and sammy knew our ricks were afire i knew said sammy because tivy and me were coming back latish from the mill and we saw beguiledy coming along very quiet and sneaking this way so i says to tivy as we'd follow for i've been keeping an eye on beguiledy a goodish while he being a wicked old man and the power of the lord far from him by their fruits shall you know them and it seemed a funny time for him to be coming to San, he being one for early bed always. So we followed on slow, keeping a long way back. And just as we came to the end of the wood, there was a tremendous blaze from the far corner of the rickyard, and in a minute, Big he came running up wood path, so we only had just time to hide. As soon as he was past, we did run to the rickyard, and it was the little stack in the corner and just by it was this sammy held up the lid of beguiledy's tinder-box which everybody knew well for he'd put his name on the inside of the lid in red paint being proud of his writing what a fool to drop on says mrs sexton nay mother says sexton beguiledy's no fool twas the hand of the lord took the tinder-box lid off on, and chucked it there for San to see ah so it was in the land of the lord there is a cup psalm seventy five eight said sammy only it wanna a cup. giggled Tivy, who was always sillier when she was excited twas the one-half of an old iron tinder-box tis the curse moaned mother he did curse my son San by fire and by water and this be the first dear lord knows what the second'll be tis the sin you did eat San. there's been harm on the place ever since you did it ah ever since my poor maister died in his boots the place has been ill to live in very ill it's been what with the pigs and the rheumatics and the everlasting ploughing and now all gone as if it hadn't hadna been ah fires a greedy feeder said mrs sexton i will consume them in a moment numbers sixteen this great fire will consume us deuteronomy five fire consumed the palaces of benhadad jeremiah forty nine said sammy three texas at a birth good lad good lad cried sexton only it's beguiled it it ought to be consumed remarked mrs sexton and the awful thing about such wickedness says Tivy, is that it's in the blood it goes on from father to child you never know when it'd break out i wonder at you mr san i do to be thinking of taking the child of a viper in wedlock i never did like the beguiledies Jansus in especial indeed to goodness the girl's right cried out her mother and sexton added what's bred in the bone'll come out in the flesh gideon looked round with grey lined face like an old man's he was never the same again after that night you canna lock an ox on the head with the mallet and then expect it to be just as it was he made to speak but the words were slow in coming just then there was a trampling and traversing without and bendigo trotted past the window ha says gideon and makes for the door i knew what he was going for and i rushed after him by good fortune the cows were coming back from the wood making soft mooing plaints that it was long past milking time so instead of pleading for beguiledy i said looks cows coming they'll be stanked if they a milked ah you mun mind not to let em get like that mrs sexton cautioned from the room a brother-in-law's cousin of mine had the best herd you ever saw cheshire he come from grand cows they were and never ailed and plenty of everything there was in that house good milk and butter and cheese and buckets and buckets of skim for the pigs and fine fat pigs they were and a fine fat man my brother-in-law's cousin was and a fine fat woman he'd got for wife and twelve fine fat children i may say that mrs sexton being so fat herself always judged folk by it and if they were thin they might as well never have been born in her sight ah she went on they were all as fat as butter filled the pure church to bursting until the day he let the cows get stanked ah that was a bad day for em there was no prosperation after the cows dwined and the pigs dwined and in a bit the family dwined too and in a little while of all that fine fat family there was not left but fourteen miserable rails Tivy was in a fit of giggling for her mother's stories most always made her laugh though many's the beating she had for it milk first lad i says to gideon and go to the stone house after god forgive me to deceive him so but i wanted to save him from the sin of murder no sooner was he in the shippin milking than i took bendigo to the door and cried out to sexton to mount and ride and take sammy too for bendigo could carry both as far as plash and to take beguiledy and march him off to the parish constable at lullingford all in a courant and save him from gideon for if he was locked up gideon couldna get at him and he'd only suffer what was right according to the law I see," says Sammy. "Let me fall into the hand of the Lord and not into the hand of man." Two Samuel twenty-four. Ah, we'd best go, father. Will Jansus and Mrs. Beguiledy go to prison too? Inquired Tivy. Surely to goodness, no. They've done nought. In fact, Jansus be a very tidy wench, and if she'd had the right spirit in her and meekened her soul and gone softly in good sadness. "'I don't know, but I'd have taken her in wedlock myself,' said Sammy. "'They only got off just in time, "'for Gideon came running from the ship and crying upon them to stop. "'They'll take Beguildy to prison,' I said. "'You manna have murder on your soul, lad. "'Things be bad enough without that.' "'It would have eased me,' he answered with a strange look. "'It's all damned up within, choking, choking me.' twould have eased me to kill un i'll never mend of it now but you couldna kill the father of your wife to be i said wife what wife why Jansis, you'll be wed to Jansis come a week now what he says with a wild fierce look do ye think i'd wed with the devil's daughter i tell ye if it was to save my life and all i'd never wed with her nay i'll never see the wench again not of choice not unless she do force herself into my company gideon gideon dunna say it Oh, gideon there be things in life as is better than money and that leave be lad it inna meant for us to be rich let you settle down and be content and marry the poor child as loves you so well and if so be money comes all the better and if so be it donna none the worse but deny the poor girl marriage after what's took place you canna your heart canna be as hard as that it is the granite mountain quartzite brighties inna as hard if you leave that girl come nigh me i'll tromple out her life like i would a clothes moth. and so i warn ye rotten that's what they be like father like child a foul smiling face but any minute any minute she met burn the place to the ground i should no wonder but she fetched the flint and tinder for un last night Camperdine may take her and welcome i make him a present of her but gideon you've been as good as wed to her this last week and suppose there was to be a baby what then a baby what my child and hers i tell ye if any such thing came to pass i'd strangle it hark ye their blood's black foul foxy vermin that's what they be they're not fit to live thanks be to god folks can swing for arson i'll see he swings for it and you tell the girl to keep away from me it'll be the better for her i durst say no more what could i say when the human kindness in my poor brother had been scorched up in the fire and was not only a fool will dip and dip in a dry well he looked a deal taller as he stood there with his back to the dark driving woods where the rain was lashing now that would have saved all last night when the autumn storm was moaning and the dry leaves churning and boiling in the air as the weeds will in the mere at the troubling of the waters his clothes yet clung to him all scorched and darkened with the fire his face was grimed so that the lines that had not shown were very clear to see and there were more lines i was sure since last night His eyes that were so cold like water Blazed with hatred when he thought upon Beguiledy Or any of hisn. But at other times his face was blank and dim Like the face of one without hope, Spent and foredone, a lost face. I said should we dictators, For I thought maybe it would be a bit of comfort To think he'd got summat. He came without a word, and worked hard and well but every now and again he'd stop and look about him strangely at the chill silent mirror the overcast heavens and the stormy woods it seemed to me that the spirit of the man was like a bird with a broken wing and at noon when i went to get our meal he missed to come when i banged the tray and i found him in the rickyard where the heaps of ash yet smouldered lying upon his face as still and hard of hearing as a dead man and indeed i do think his heart was dead from that time end of book four chapter two part two